Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good afternoon, gearheads, and welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City, the big game edition. <laughs> Recording a little early so you can join us uh, instead of watching the Super Bowl. Uh, pre-game, that is. There's probably, what, five, six hours? This is John Massengale. I'm joined by Jonathan Green, who's down in New Zealand still. How much, uh, I'll ask Casey, he'll know this. How much pre-game did they have for the Super Bowl? Starts about noon, right, Casey? Noon Central? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well. Uh, they have half an hour down here. A half they an hour? They go on midday. Half an hour, go on at midday, and the game kicks off at 12.30 p.m. Well, I kind of wish it would kick off at 12.30 instead of 6 o'clock or 5.30 or whatever it kicks off at. But we are not going to talk any more about the Super Bowl. We may talk about Taylor Swift. I don't know, maybe. But we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl anymore. Uh, we're going to talk about Formula One primarily. We had lots of team launches. We're going to talk about that. And Is it true that it's going to be uh, the uh, George Russell's teammate? That who is? Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift? Yes, that is true. That is a rumor I can confirm. Okay, good. I'm sure she could if she wanted to. <laughs> Just say the well, word so and it's, and it's done. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about Christian Horner, but to disappoint, yes. to disappoint all those, probably not very much because there's really not a whole lot to that story yet. So, well, you say that, John. I've uh, got a few little little inklings I'd like to talk about that are related to Mr. Horner's potential demise. All right, well, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl one more time. Casey, do you have is, does the wide shot get uh, the snack tray that I brought in that Jonathan can't partake of? Okay, good. Jonathan, can you see the the wide shot? I brought in a Super Bowl snack tray for Casey and I because just to make you jealous because you're down there in New Zealand, you don't get to partake. <laughs> Did you freeze, Jonathan, or did you just ignore me? Oh, you you're... no, no, I can't see you. Okay, well, never mind then. <laughs> I've got check. All I've got is KJCE. There we go. There we now go. Now I see you. <laughs> what do you got? What's what's the snack tray gone? All right, we got uh, we got some sort of pickled olives thing. We got two kinds of cheeses, two kinds of crackers. Some salami and some other. Look, it's not Thanksgiving. It's it's Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I just grabbed the first thing I could find in the grocery store. I'll admit that. I was tempted by okay. the shrimp cocktail, but I didn't do it. All right, well, let, let's talk some racing, Greeny. Yeah. Um, I think the I think I want to start with the car launches this week because that's kind of the way yeah. the, the week started. And the first one was the Alpine team, and. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. Was it? Was the yeah? It was. It was. The, the, well, I think Visa launched in Vegas first, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, no, because mm, anyway, it was one of those two that it was both on Monday. So, but I want to start with the Alpine team. And first, I just want to get your take on the car itself. What do you think? I think it looks awesome. To be honest, um, it looks fast, and I like the colors. Um, I know that the name V Carb or whatever you want to call it is all a bit confusing. Uh, we'll get over that. Um, well, and we'll, I think V-Carb actually might, might stick. Wait, I, I was talking. Well, you sorry, talking? That, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Alpine. Yes, I do like the Alpine colors. Uh, we are going with as little paint as possible to keep the weight down. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of dark black uh, carbon fiber cars. And this is one. Yeah. So 
as we're looking at it. Yeah, I like it. No, I I think the lines are good. I think it's an important year for Alpine. They've been the, you know, they've been the the poor cousin, as it were. Um, you know, and people have kind of forgotten about the reliability of the Renault engine. Uh, the fact that they've got two really good drivers uh, and two Red Bull Ju- uh, Red Bull refugees. Uh, one of them also a Mercedes contacted family driver in Ocon. Um, so he plays into the mix of the food fight for <laughs> the Mercedes drive. Uh, but I, like I said, you can see what I'm talking about now with the carbon colors. And that actually is intentional um, simply because they feel that, that they can gain weight by just keeping it black. Um, and obviously you've got to have sponsors on it and BWT is still there, but not too many compared to a McLaren and, yeah. and a few others. But an important year for the French outfit. Um, they've got two great drivers, lest we forget. Um, let's hope they um, they do something this year. Yeah, uh, going back to the design itself, they had they got the famous designer Felipe Pantone. Uh, no relation to the Pantone, uh, the world-renowned color-matching company. I just thought that was interesting. But they, they to help with this design, but honestly, the design didn't really excite me. I, I mean, it was it's no. fine. And and really, very few do this year. Although there is one that I really like, we'll talk about that launched this week. But um, but the carbon fiber color, for lack of a better phrase, actually lack of color, has been the dominant theme across all the cars so far, um, except for the one that we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. But I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Um, they did make a big deal. And Casey, if you've got these photos, there's a pink version that's just like they have done in the past, and the blue version. And they made a huge deal of it, right? And they said, okay, and now the pink version. And I was like, wait, that looks just like the blue version. Oh, wait, there's a little more pink up there on the nose or on the front of the car, a little bit more. But really, they they weren't that much different. And, I, you know, they make kind of a big deal. It's, you know, those big launch shows are are kind of over the top anyway. But they, they made a big deal, and I didn't really think it was that much different. But, but anyway, it... Um, it is that season, and it's fun to, to have these cars coming out. So let's talk about the one that you were – no, let's don't. Let's save that one to the end. Let's talk about the Williams car. And the first thing that comes to my mind, Jonathan, is it's not really a big departure from the last couple of years, is it? No, not in, not in, not in outright looks, um, but that's actually a good thing. Um, I, I don't think we've seen enough of Duracell and uh, Gulf uh, Oil and, um, you know, it, it – you know, they are seventh in last year's championship. They're wanting to get back. Uh, Dorothy Ventures, there you see it uh, on the side there. Duracell are back. And obviously, um, you know, uh, they, they've they kept with the same people from last year. Um, and and I think Except that's that a good one. thing. Komatsu. Yep, Komatsu. Yeah, they got the Haas yep. F1 team principal to sponsor the car. I thought that was kind and of And what's cool. my protein? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. I do not. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was. Um, I mean, look, the Duracell thing I, that that has not gotten old with me. I think it's a great idea. It was one of those things that just fit perfectly, you know, on the top of the car like that. I think that looks great. Yeah, it's a clever, clever design. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, it's not my favorite, but it's not bad. It's not bad, and it's continuing with the theme that they had in the last couple of years, and it's working. And you know what? While we're talking Williams, I want to talk about real quick about Logan Sargent because yeah. I saw a story where he had done something 
that could potentially change his entire well, I'll go I'll go big. I'll, I'll, this will be the clickbait one we'll cut out. This could change his entire future. Uh, well, no, all seriousness, he's he's bulked up five more kilos and yep. he's got a new trainer. Yep. And that seems to be at the behest of Vowels, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, because I did read that story where he talked that Vowels was saying, hey, look, this is one way you can, you know, that th- won't hurt no matter what. And remember how exhausted he got last year in the one race where they basically had to carry him out of the car in the heat. Remember? Yeah. And it's, I find it interesting because Alban, when you look at the two physiques, Alban's much more uh, way from stray. He's much more lean. And yet he, he is seemingly, seemingly is very strong because uh, we haven't seen that from Alban being exhausted and, and being carried out of cars. Yeah. Well, okay. What do you think that, do you think that maybe this newfound bulk and some, some confidence of being chosen to stay with the team, you think Logan Sargent can impress us a little more this year? Uh, that's what James Vowles is saying. He's like, you know, surprise the world. Tell us, tell us what you can do. Um, and I do believe that. I mean, look, in any sport or in any business, if you give your employee the confidence to be the best that he can be, um, then you're going to get the best out of them. And I don't think we've seen the best of Logan. Uh, when you saw some of his performances in Formula 2, he was at the top of his game. He's come into Formula 1. He's tried to overdrive a tricky car. Uh, and that's where the experience of Albert has come in because, um, you know, that's that's just experience. Um, and he's probably tried too hard like any rookie would. And I think that was the problem for Mick Schumacher, too, at Haas. He had a tricky car and he probably overdrove it and it lost him his job. Sargent survived. And so I, I'm happy with the decision because I think we're going to see uh, Logan Sargent really grow this year. And I actually think that... Uh, if he's more comfortable, I don't know why he's bulked up per se. I think he was basically hanging on to the car uh, last year. And so therefore he needed more strength. And so bulking up muscle wise, which, you know, he's not yeah. just going to put five kilos on and eating mashed potato. He's going to put it on in muscle. So if he's got his upper body strength better than it was, well, of course he's going to handle a car better. Yeah. And I think you're a hundred percent right. That, you know, we, Casey showed a photo. There's a whole bunch of photos on their website, including one, a shirtless Logan Sargent for the, for all those who wish to see that, but he does not have an ounce of fat, an ounce of fat on him. So he is bulked up for ah, that, sure. That, yeah. That's good physique. Yeah. All right. Uh, looking at the clock, let's get, uh, let's do a quick break and then we'll go back and talk about the other two teams that released their cars back after this message. All right. Hey, Casey, just want to do a quick break and then we'll go back in or do you want to do a full, the full hour? Okay. All right. Let's check YouTube. Uh, let's see what the boys and girls are doing out there. Andy P. I appreciate y'all doing this. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it did cross my mind to uh, throw in a, a best of, but what the heck? Uh, Kevin Kelly says the pregame started four days ago. Huh. Applesauce says carbon fiber, carbon fiber, carbon fibre for you, Jonathan. Um for the colors, for all the team colors. What's it called? He's just saying they all have they, don't, they all have new color. They're all carbon fiber. I said carbon fibre, the 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 UK spelling slash pronunciation. Joe Voster oh, Bay says that you can use any color as long as it's black. Andy P says theme across the board looks to be evolutionary rather rather than revolutionary. Yep, agree with that. 
Wes Mann says, damn, he's Hulk Hogan. I guess he's talking about Logan Sargent. And, and let's see, what does Paul say? Wouldn't surprise me if Horner thing stems from an improper pronoun beef. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we'll, we're going to get into that, Paul. And so, all right, we're coming back. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Stay tuned. We are going to talk about the Christian Horner thing here a little bit later in the show, but we're talking about the car launches this week and the Stake F1 car launch launched. And Jonathan, this green, I like it. I like it because, you know, what's, what I thought about this green is that for one, you cannot miss it. But also, if you go back to what we were just talking about, the carbon fiber theme, they have plenty of carbon fiber, plenty of unpainted surface, right? But you're not going to miss the car. Like some of the, I have the fear I have with all the cars being carbon fiber color, as like a lot of people, is that you're not going to be able to tell them apart. But that green car, you will be able to spot it as good as any car out there. It, it kind of reminds me of the McLaren, the papaya, just swap the colors. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's distinctive. It's new. I've never seen that kind of fluorescent green uh, <laughs> in a Formula One car ever. Um, it, it will pop out on TV. Even Crofty can't miss it. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but um, I just, I mean, I just want to know if the steak comes with either Bernays or mushroom sauce. <laughs> Your choice, my friend. Uh, Come okay. on, man. You know what I think I like about this steak color, this green? is to me, it kind of goes with the steak vibe, as the kids say, you know, the online gambling kind of cutting edge, kind of a little bit edgy, maybe rather than cutting edge, edgy. And I, I don't I don't know because I don't do online gambling. And no, well, but also uh, it goes with virtual racing, too. It's, it's very much a gaming color. You know what's funny? You know, it, you're exactly right, because the last piece of gaming hardware that I bought was not really gaming hardware. When we were out in Vegas and my laptop broke, the sound card broke in it, I had to go buy a an external DAC to, to just to hear sound out of my laptop. And so inside the hotel shopping center was a Razer store. And the Razer, if you're into gaming at all, you know the color of Razer. It looks very similar, if not exactly yeah. the same as that. So it, it's kind of a... A, a hip, modern color, high techish feeling. So, I, and I think it just goes with the whole vibe of this. You know, we all know this is a very temporary thing that they're doing with steak before Audi comes in. And I, I don't know. I, that's I, I, I like that's it. my only. Yeah, that's my only problem with this. I I see the problem they've got. They can't call themselves Audi. They've got to be Sabah, and they've got to be steak. And then steak's not a hundred percent allowed in all places. So then, you know, then they go with their other sponsor, which is, um, uh, what is that key? Oh, no, kick, um, kick, kick. And so kick, got, kick. yeah, it's part of the same company, by the way. Right. Yeah. But you've got kick. You've got three names, Saber, obviously kick and, and, and then uh steak. So, and, and then it'll morph into Audi. Um, so I think they've got a bit of a branding identity problem for the next two years. Um, but that green kind of solves that because you're not going to miss them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that is a really nice segue of a branding, awkward naming kind of thing that's going on that 
I, I still don't know what to call this team. And I, I started calling them the V-Carb. And, that's where I'm going. And, and that's, I, I don't know, you know, Visa, Cash, App, Red Bull, and, you know, the Racing Bulls or, or whatever. I, I don't know. It, but yeah, I, the acronym so far is Racing Bulls, but I prefer V-Carb. It kind of it kind of has a well it has a, a a car sound to it the the carb in it v carb it just it kind of rolls off the tongue and I haven't really heard a lot of people saying that yet a lot of people just calling all calling them R B but v carb works for me what do you think about the livery though but I tell you what it I tell you what it does do before we talk about the car it does give us where we are in today's modern Formula One in that now the car is identified by the the top sponsor i.e. in this case Visa. And in the case of obviously the previous car stake. So we're now identifying the cars with the name of their sponsor. And it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. But when you've got a car that isn't a McLaren or isn't a Mercedes, uh, then it's not a bad idea to to find some identity that is worth value to you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, now the commentators have to mention the sponsor's name. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, uh, I actually like this livery the best. Uh, number one, yeah, I do too. I mean, immediately it looks like the old Toro Rosso livery, right? I mean, very similar. Yeah. There, there's some obviously it's not identical, and there's some tweaks that that uh, I like better than others. Um, but I like it. I like overall. I think it's great. Don't you? I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the reserve Liam Lawson down here with uh, talking about it um, uh, this weekend. Yeah. Down in New Zealand, that's cool. The one thing that uh, struck struck me immediately was, you know, Cash App is right there along with Visa as a title sponsor, right? And they do have on the front wing in plate the, the little Cash App logo, which is a very identifiable green again, by the way. But if you notice, Casey, if you'll play that video again, you, you can see the front of the, the the front wing. It has Cash App, way big letters. So, and if you yeah. think if you think about a lot of the television shots. They're not necessarily as much from the side as they are from the front or maybe that angle, you know, kind of a front side angle. And the Cash App logo disappears because, at least on the front shot, because, you know, it's a huge amount of real estate, but it's black and white. So it not disappears, but it doesn't, <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't jump out at you like their green logo. It's like, you know, they, they spend all this marketing effort and, and uh, thought about building that green logo and then it goes away on the front wing. Yeah, but can you imagine a pit stop? Um, you know, you're going to see the cash app pretty yep. closely. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, this was this was a a great launch because it was an actual car launch. We got to see the car, and that's where there is some stuff to talk about in this thing because this this goes into a bigger conversation. Because first of all, there are lots of RB19 Qs in this car. You know, from a, a a previous generation Red Bull car, or I say not generation, just previous year car, uh, including now they're taking the pull rod suspension from the the year old yeah. Red Bull car in in their switch from push rod. Um, they added anti dive and anti squat. What's the belief in that? What's the belief? Well, that, that's uh, what, what it is. It's anti dive and anti squat. So anti yeah, but but what's the belief in doing that in terms of gaining something? Well, I mean, look, okay, so you mean in anti-diving, the, the theory of anti-diving, anti-squat, or you mean the taking the parts? Yeah, well, I mean, push push rod has been the, you know, uh, the 50-year tradition of, of suspension for years. Why 
uh, does does the yeah. opposite make it more efficient? Make it more streamlined? What I, I you know I'm not I have not dug in super deep, and maybe some of the folks watching on YouTube will jump in. But I think that yeah, it, I wasn't expecting you to answer it. I'm well, just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. I I think that it's it's probably what I was going towards is that it is that I think that's what they're saying is that it it uh, lessens the effect of anti dive and anti squat. In other words. You're diving into a corner and you slam on the brakes, and you don't totally upset the whole car. You know, you, you don't throw all the weight on the front on the front wheels, front tires, and the same thing in yeah. acceleration. Same thing coming out of a corner, you you hit the you hit the uh, the battery so, power, and you don't just throw all the weight to the back of the car because the car stays flatter. Yeah, so instead it kind of squats down when you. When it's you, like the whole know. car comes down. Rather, yeah, it's like it's some sort of you know where it like a lever pushing across the car where the whole car comes down rather than yeah the front or the back. So I think that that's makes the sense. Idea. That makes total sense. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that also brought in because of the porpoising. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, they also switched to like a lot of other cars. They switched to the Red Bull style side pot inlet. You know, it's kind of rectangular shaped, and yeah. uh, you know, look. Uh, if you're not copying Red Bull's car from last year, you're, you know, <laughs> you need to take a second look is what I'll say to that. But here's the thing I want to ask you, Jonathan. Um, I think it was on therace.com. Uh, one of the folks was talking about how, I think the headline was a little bit clickbaity, but it was basically, they should sell this team. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't be allowed to have two teams. And Haas F1 was, you know, slinking in the corner when they said that because they built their whole their whole platform on the ability to buy as much as they can from Ferrari. But what do you think about this? Because this is different. This is not the same team. I mean, this, like, like essentially, they, I know their firewalls, and I know that they don't have the same employees, but it's a lot closer relationship than Haas and Ferrari. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, it, it shows you how quickly we've accelerated away from the Marussia HRT yeah. stroke. Oh, my gosh, can we have 10 teams? How are we going to survive? Then the pandemic comes in, and then suddenly we come post-pandemic. Everybody's worth a million bucks, a, a billion. billion bucks, excuse me, a billion. Uh, um, and we've got investors left, right, and uh, center from Hollywood to you name it. Um, and then then we go back and go, well, how come Red Bull gets four cars? Um, you know, and there was a time when we needed Red Bull to have a junior team. And Toro Rosso, um, you know, was a great uh, addition. And uh, I'm sure Ferrari, McLaren, FIA, uh, Liberty mm -hmm. Media were delighted that they filled the numbers. And now we've got a question when we can't get a new team like Andretti in. Uh, or they're they're precluded from uh, coming in when they want. Um, it, it does beg the question. I don't. I, I don't. Not has has took a, a, a you know a view for you know Formula One is all about innovation and ha it's a bit like Braun winning the, the world championship. They used the rules to their advantage. They bought as many yep. pieces of, of equipment as they could. It was within the rules. Nobody liked it, but too bad. Nobody liked Braun winning the world championship with a double diffuser. Um, but they took. They did it. Yep. So um, that's Formula you know, One to a T, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's the way it should be. So, again, Toro Rosso was a good way for Red Bull to use the money they've got to double their impact. And now they have an over billion dollar asset, which they could easily sell off and to an Andretti or even another, um, you know, uh, 
potential thing. Remember, there were four applicants, one including one from Saudi Arabia, one from mm-hmm. here in New Zealand and Rodin, um, another from um, Jack Villeneuve's manager. Uh, you know, the, 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 there's been there's, there's still room for more franchises if they wake up. Um, and I still don't believe yeah, the good argument. Good luck with that, Jonathan. <laughs> I know, but I still don't believe the argument that that that, that it d- dissipates the, the pool when the pool is just getting bigger exponentially. Exponentially. Well, it, when the pool includes Andretti and Cadillac and all the American sponsors they can bring with that, I, I just think that there's some flawed thinking here or some I, flawed math. I, you know what? I'm sure some 22-year-old is probably watching this show going, what's he on about? Well, the, po- the point is I've been involved in Formula One and I've been fighting for Formula One to basically, you know, involve the American market. It was an absolute huge hole in the world of Formula One not to have the money stroke impetus that, that a world championship, as we would call it, we used to say hey, quietly amongst the journalists, it ain't a world championship until we conquer America. And now we've conquered America and it is a world championship. And the benefits of all the money from all the, uh, you know, like I said, I call the, the tech companies the, the new tobacco and they're all American, basically. Yeah. Uh, I hate to disappoint you. There's probably not too many 22-year-olds watching our show. I know. I just messing with you but uh but yeah i mean look this is uh, first of all um the little rumors that you hear out there is that and and for, and andretti said it i shouldn't say rumors because andretti said it they're not stopping they are continuing to work so let's just i'm happy see. about that yeah i am too I'm, I'm ecstatic about that i didn't i didn't expect him to to lay off 100 people but by the way remind me i've got one of his protégés down here racing Ah uh, yes, we we are going to talk about some of the uh, the young racers. We got a bunch of Americans down there racing in Toyota this weekend, don't we? So we'll get all that. So. Yeah, nine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? It is about that time. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. A little more Formula One right after this. All right. Let's go see who's out there on the stream. Where did I leave off? Uh, let's see. Andretta says, happy Sunday. IndyCar, last year, same colors. Uh, let's see. Wesman's the Sauber thing kind of reminds me of the Minardi from the mid-90s. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kevin Kelly attempted a joke. Steak, when are they going to be called well done? <laughs> um, That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I'll give it to you, K- KK. Uh, V-Carb. It's, Andy P says, V-Carb is probably the best way. That's what I'm going with. I, I, just, I think it works, doesn't it? Because there's not a, you know, you could say Visa, but then you're leaving out Cash App, which they're paying to be on that title line. So, all right, Andy P is going to help me out here with the push-pull rod. He says, I read that pull rod suspensions open up more potential arrow gains if it is integrated into a more overall arrow package. They both work. That's what push- I thought. Yeah, but but you realize that we're also kind of saying the same thing because in the downforce yes. era, all the downforce is created by the car, and if it's too too tilted – you know, too too much nose dive or too much squat, you're losing all your arrow. So maybe maybe we're all right. All right, coming back. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Jonathan, I was uh, perusing the interwebs. 
And one of the F1 stories that I want to talk about is Silverstone announces a new 10-year deal. And I was so excited to talk to my British friend about this deal. What do you think? I think it's huge. Um, I mean, if you don't know the history of the last 10 years and certainly the last <laughs> few years, yeah. Bernie Eccleston's reign, uh, Silverstone was on the on the, on the the down and out. And he's fought with the BRDC, who are the private company, uh, the private uh, club, if you will will the british racing drivers club who run silverstone and negotiate the deal for silverstone um and bernie hated them because he wasn't in the club so to speak um and so he tried to force them out he wanted to do races in london um he's done races at donington park back in the 90s um and so silverstone's always been on a, a sticky wicket as we say in a cricket uh, parlance and you can see from the picture you're looking at now that big wing was built at massive amount of money and it was controversial. I still find it controversial. You can't see the actual track from the uh, commentary booths, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but a great, but a great addition. Um, but no, uh, as a circuit and as the home of the first ever Formula One race in 1950, um, I think its place in history and as a modern circuit is without doubt one of the most popular with the drivers and the fans. It's hard to believe that that there was some doubt about Silverstone. And, and there was, for sure. I mean, but, and did a lot of it stem from just the financial viability, which a lot of racetracks struggle with, wasn't it? Yeah. And and, and this goes to, you know, if, if the changing world of cars and uh, franchises in Formula One, the changing world of how the promoters go about uh, their Formula One tracks. For example, uh, as you know, Texas uh, Special Sports Fund has committed to Austin, uh, in Malaysia and China and uh, in Asia, the, the, the governments get behind promoting and paying for the rights. Silverstone has had no backing from the government of Great Britain ever. Oh, wow. So, uh, and, and nor really has the Formula One industry, which, let's face it, punches above its weight for the amount of people involved. And in that area of Oxfordshire, all 10 teams, all boasting you know, 800 plus employees and how much turnover. It's a huge part of our GDP in the UK. And yet it's never been government um, subsidized. Uh, we got to think of a new analogy of punching above its waist weight for the automotive. We're going to say what? Bouncing off the red line or red? Uh, it's never it's never Taylor Swifted above its. <laughs> okay. How long did we go? We went 11 minutes without saying Taylor Swift again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh now it's never to... travis kelsey it's never Kev... it's never travis kelsey above its above its girlfriend oh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> not uh, winning am i and you know what this deal though with silverstone it's the latest in, an, in a series of long-term deals that that f1 has announced because last year we had announced a deal with a street race in madrid that joins in 26 um there's several and uh, you know, and that made me think about Coda. We're only, we only have a, what, was it a five-year? I can't remember now. I should. Yeah, it was a five-year deal, which concerned me. And yet when I asked Bobby about it, he said, no, that's what we agreed. That's what we want. I'm happy with that deal. And I, I you know, I, I, I can't push the man too far. I asked the question. He gave me the answer. Um, I would like to see a longer-term deal. What What is great about a long-term deal? It's a bit like the Concord Agreement is – once you get a long-term 10-year deal like Silverstone have got, then you can plan all sorts of events and infrastructure that you could never do before. 
because you know that you're guaranteed 300 plus thousand people each and every July for the Formula One. And then, you know, lesser events like MotoGP or touring cars or whatever else you've got, British superbikes, you know, those all add into the pot. But that's your staple diet is your is your is your once a year huge event. And that's certainly how Austin um has managed to you know grow and now with NASCAR and wet coming back, these are all added pluses that that the you know that but if you if you're looking at paying your staff uh, post pandemic, you know you need a long term contract. Yeah, and think about it: four of the twenty drivers are going to compete. You either race under a British license or are born in Britain. Hamilton, Russell, Lando, and Albon. So, and nine of the teams are based within yeah. hundred miles of Stilston. Yep. By the yeah. way, did you see the house bright light at Silverstone last week? Uh, no. The the what? Haas. What about it? Well, there's it's it it it, it did forty miles. It uh, it did uh, a oh. bunch of laps at Silverstone. Yeah. Yes. Actually, wasn't that earlier today? Is when that was. Yeah, I put it in the dock so you can yeah. see it. it. There's a Twitter link to it. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you said something about a brake light, and I was like, "What are you? What's he talking about?" But yes, I did see that, and that's. That's pretty cool. And they sh they um, they had a little clip of the car, the sound, and everything on Twitter and stuff. So that was cool. And um, yep, here it comes. Yep, Casey's on the ball. Um, As always, Domenicali, F1 CEO, said Silverstone is an iconic venue at the heart of F1 history. And as it approaches its ninth decade hosting Grand Prix, the event continues to attract fans from around the world for fantastic racing on track and the amazing fan experience of it. Yeah, Silverstone. What do you think? I've I've never been, and that's definitely on a bucket list for me. Oh, you should take you should take your boy. Uh, there's the Haas. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, the car itself. Yeah, we talked about when it launched a couple weeks ago. I think actually, if I were to rank them right now, I would rank Haas pretty Haas pretty high up there. Uh, I'd have to so far. I'd have to say McLaren, my favorite. Maybe Stake next. Um, maybe Williams. There it is. Yep. So. But yeah, the Haas car, and yeah, here's here's the uh, that's that's on Twitter the video that we're watching there of the mm -hmm. car. Yeah, pretty cool to see. Nice to see a Haas moving. Yes, yes, nice to see. A this early on in the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you go back post Gunther. Yes, post Gunther. <laughs> All right, well now we're going to shift gears, and we are going to talk about uh, Christian Horner because this was. Um, this is not the kind of, of, of F1 bombshell that we've been, you know, there've been, there've been some exciting ones recently, and this is not what you want to hear, Jonathan. I was going to say, if, if you'd have told me at Abu Dhabi that the big stories of the winter would be Christian Horner's jobs on the line after winning 23 of the 24 races or however many it was, and Hamilton would be going to Ferrari, I would have told you, you've been, you've been eating magic mushrooms. Um, <laughs> but uh, here we are. Um, I, I really do think this is a hit job, total hit job from internal, um, okay. because I'll tell you why. But by that, you mean, you mean that it's unfounded? No, I, I, it, I don't know that to be, to be sure, say. <laughs> but I do think that, look, if his management style was controlling, it doesn't seem to be of a sexual nature, which we all thought of as an obvious thing that a female had complained about him. Um, and and now it seems to be that it wasn't so much, um, uh, it was more of a controlling way of managing. 
And the way that um, Red Bull have leaked this to the press, which they never needed to do, a simple phone call from Austria saying, hey, we've just had one of our ex-employees say that she's, you know, thinking about going public with this, that and the other. Uh, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't ring true. It just does not ring true that Red Bull themselves would say, yes, we're doing an investigation. And yes, we've got a lawyer. And yes, we're meeting on Friday. And yes, we, we, we cannot put up with this behavior that that could all have been done internally. So I just think that there is a power fight and it may be Marco. It may be the new head. Remember, Masic, um passed away uh, mm -hmm. two years ago now. And the new head of Red Bull is a young guy, and maybe he's looking for his own power uh, play. Um, yeah. um, but I, I, I do find it odd, uh, especially as the, 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 there's no smoke without fire. But at the same time, what is this all about? Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, all, all we know is it's unspecified claims uh, made uh, made by a female employee. So, and that the the Red Bull parent company in Austria has opened up an official probe into the matter. So that's, you know, and at this point they had the hearing on Friday and apparently it was eight hours of Christian Horner answering questions, which I mean, that sounds like a Senate hearing or that's something. That's a normal sky show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that, that just sounds insane. I mean, eight hours of answering questions. I hope you got a, you know, lunch and restroom break in that, but that's, that just seems like over the top, but that that's what makes me think there, there, there is something to this. It's not just, you know, they didn't just meet and, and dismiss it. Well, I tell you what's what I'm reading and I put it, I put a, a little article in the, in the document. Um, but, uh, what really makes this interesting is Ferrari are perhaps now using this little chink in the Red Bull armor to have another go at luring Adrian Newey. And one of the stories I put in mm. there uh, showed a tweet that was somebody put out saying, hey, Adrian, now's your chance to jump ship to Ferrari, which you've wanted to do for many years. And his wife, this is Adrian Newey's wife, mm -hmm. liked that tweet. I know Ooh. that's obtuse. I know that's <laughs> a little Wait a, minute. a little bit like I feel. The first first question is, was the account that claimed to be his wife actually his wife? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Because a lot okay, of people, well, you know, it, yeah. was it Adrian Newey's but, wife or was it, <laughs> was the name of it or what? So, yeah. But also his underling, the guy that is whack, uh, wax or whatever his name is. Uh, he, um, the, the two that you're seeing on the, well, uh, we're going to put them on, on screen in a moment, but his, yeah, this guy, um, his, his uh, basically, these two are the men behind the Red Bull. But can you imagine if they truly did jump ship to Ferrari? Wow. The story of Hamilton is irrelevant at that point. Ferrari suddenly become the big powerhouse of Formula One overnight. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Um, Adrian Newey may be the, the, one of he is for sure one of maybe the most important person in Formula One. You could make that that argument right now, especially yeah. in the new aerodynamic ground uh, ground effects era. And the last time this came up, I think the figures that Ferrari were offering uh, Adrian Newey were up there with what um, Hamilton has got as a deal. Wow! Yeah, and rightfully we're so. We're talking four hundred million to come. Is it four hundred million Hamilton's deal? You said that last I think week. Total. Oh, I guess over the total package of some sort. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that is a very crazy side to that story, but okay. So let's say it happens, Jonathan. Let's just play, have some fun here. Uh, who's on your list and to replace Christian Horner? Well, Jonathan Wheatley is the official underling um, at Red Bull, uh, yeah. and that's an easy fix uh, because he's been there forever. That's, a, that's the easy he, pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good to Steiner. It's not a stupid pick. Um, he's got a lot of history. With I mean, Christian brought him in at the beginning of Red Bull when they were Ford and Jaguar. Um, so, uh, and given that Ford is now coming back to Milton Keynes, um, you know, there's some synergy there. Um, I, I like that one. And, and just just for uh, personal reasons only, just because we, we have an open communication with Gunther. So that would be that would be good. I like that one. I don't think there's too many that could just fill the role. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a it's a tough one. You're not going to bring Benotti in there. I don't see Otmar Safnaya being asked or Eric Bouye. Uh, you know, these are ex principals. Um, you know, I I, I think it's going to come from within. Uh, in my opinion, um, just because Red Bull, it's such. I mean, he's he's the guy that has has basically got them all the drivers and constructors championships. Over the years, has Christian Horner. So, you know, it, it would be a very sad demise. I mean, whether you like Christian or you don't, um, you know, it, it just that's why I smell a rat is is that you've got one that you'd think you'd protect the most successful team principal of the last two decades. And yet it seems that no one is out there defending him. Evidently, Bernie Eccleston has been effectively mentoring Christian through this. Uh, I read that earlier this week, and that makes sense. But mm -hmm. it's a huge, I mean, you know, Benotto at Ferrari, no big deal. A couple of years, didn't make it, no big deal. Otmar Safna, you know, there was definitely politics. The French are, you know, are reactive. They they do that. Um, and even Benotti, you know, um, you know, Ferrari haven't won, you're out. Um, but this is 19 years mm -hmm. of success. It's not like Red Bull. I mean, they just had their most successful year. Well, and, you know, the, the problem is, is it, it just all depends on what he did. You know, if he really did do something that's severe and look, we, we've seen it so many times, right? The, the higher you get up the successful food chain, the more ridiculous things you do. It, it's just uh, you've seen oh, I, it's over and over and over, you know, power corrupts kind of thing. Controlling behavior. What are they going to ask Musk? I mean, huh. come on. Well, yeah, when you, you uh, when you own the company, it's a little different. <laughs> True. Actually, uh, that actually is the biggest thing that Horner's got against him. Uh -huh. he, I didn't know this until recently. He has no shares in the company. Yeah, I'm, I actually meant to look that up because I immediately thought about Total no, Wolf owning so many shares, and you know, he in the same position wouldn't wouldn't bother him. But but yeah, that's oh. that's a big thing. What about Oliver Oaks? As a potential, because um, I know that was a name that I've seen a couple times. Yeah, um, I don't know a great deal about him, to be honest. Current um, team of the high tech GP team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yes, it makes sense. They put a bit in for a Formula One team. He was he was going to be leading that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's such a big job that I think an unknown or an unknown superstar. Uh, or somebody that isn't a well-known in F1 insider would struggle with a with the weight of Red Bull behind him um, to fit into the piranha tank immediately. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, take our last break, and we'll be back right after these messages. 
All right. We're still live on YouTube, Facebook. So got some comments. Uh, let's see. Andy P. again. Uh, or Wesman buzz that says he's just going to call them Red RB since he doesn't want to acknowledge his sponsors. Uh, they are the people that supply us the money for our sport, Wesman, but I know, I know what you're saying. Andy P. says the V-carb design concept feels like MotoGP where the customer team gets last year's works model. <laughs> uh, Ray yeah. says streaming from Charlotte. Welcome, Ray. Thank you, sir, for tuning in. And Ray also says, <laughs> this is my favorite. Casey, get ready. Ray says, uh, Gunther will hug the entire garage for a job at Red Bull. And let's I see. I mean, how... I would have fucked uh, the whole paddock. <laughs> I knew Casey. Yeah, I'm sorry. He still hasn't got away with that. <laughs> you still think he said the F word, huh? <laughs> well, it's what it sounds like. I know. I know. Uh, okay. Andy P says, code is good through 2026, I believe. Normally, Andy, I would, you know, I knew all the dates so well, but I think that was when I was a little less secure about it. Now I feel very secure about it. All right. Coming back. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, Jonathan, I got another one for you. Japanese Grand Prix staying at Suzuka through 2029. Yep, again, right decision. Um, Five-year contract, uh, yeah. Extension, essentially. Is what you know, is. yeah, fantastic track, one of the best up there with Spa. You've been there um, many times, haven't you? Yes, I have. And I do like it. And the Japanese are crazy about Formula One. And I think, um, you know, uh, with the prowess of Honda, uh, which will now continue with McLaren, um, and potentially there's still always rumors about Toyota coming back. You know, Japan uh, with the Super Formula as well, um, you know, has a, a huge part to play in the future of Formula One, even though it does it in a quiet way. Um, and so we have to be going to Japan. It's, it's essential um for 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 all the right reasons it's a great place to go it's a great circuit and the the, the industry both car and um racing is essential mm, yeah i mean look it's been the home of the race since what late 80s something like that and yeah uh yeah uh, it's, and it's absolutely a favorite with the drivers and fans but drivers for sure don't you agree yeah and by the way it, if you look at the history of Honda, they've been a part of uh, Formula yeah. One since. You know, very 60s. good point. Very, very good point. Uh, let's see what else, Jonathan. I, I we're going to get to um, the New Zealand series here in just a minute, but there's a couple more that I definitely wanted to touch on. Uh, well, you, who's going to drive the Mercedes? That's what I was. You hadn't put one in there about kind of a uh, someone we haven't talked about, kind of a long shot. Yeah, I mean, Karun Chandok mentioned Piastri, and, and, and he hasn't got a lot of, uh, you know, um, line time in the papers <laughs> and the magazines and the, and the interwebs. Um, and and I, I have to say, that is a, a really interesting idea. But the one I'm starting to really think about is Ocon. You know, he's Mercedes contracted. I forget about that. Uh -huh. And, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I still don't think that we've seen the best out of Ocon or Gasly. I mean, you know, Gasly's, uh, you know, ex-Red Bull, but both of them are really good drivers, and I just don't know if they're driving the right car at the moment. And if I had the chance to leap to Mercedes, if I were Ocon, and as young as he is, um, you know, I'd take it. Yeah, I think Bob Barsha brought up Ocon when we talked. 
and and I essentially said the same thing. Hey, look, he's he's already contracted, but yeah. I mean, Albon's the obvious. He too is a Mercedes driver at the moment with Williams, uh, and he and Russell are best mates. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Yeah. But um, you know, it makes it it makes it a. I I think they would work very hard to move the dial with Williams from seventh to fourth uh, over a period of three years. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I, I think that this is going to be, I mean, it's obviously one of the most coveted seats, right? Cause we don't look, we don't know what's going to happen this year, right? We Mercedes could be champions this year. We just don't know. I, I, I wouldn't bet on that honestly, but, but we don't know. And that Mercedes seat is so coveted. So uh, let's, let's see what happens. Hey, what about this story, Jonathan, the, um, the sprint race, this isn't ratified or whatever the right word is. But what do you think about the new sprint race format? Putting in the, here, I'll just. Yeah, uh, you remember what it was? It was free practice and sprint qualifying on Friday, sprint race on Saturday, and then followed by the Grand Prix qualifying. Yeah, I, well, you know, I've complained each and every uh, sprint weekend that it's confusing to both me as a commentator yep. and to um, the fans out there that you really don't know the form guide going in to, to the Grand Prix. Yeah. I want to hear what everybody has to say about this. I'm going to check out YouTube and see if there's any comments. But y'all tell us what you think about the, the sprint format. The one thing that comes to mind is we've got two. We got Miami and Austin, right, for sprint this year. And uh, I think that's right. And um, the timing of that is fine for us, right? But what about the the other races where that sprint race could be super early on Saturday morning? If, if I've got that right, they yeah. haven't announced times, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm all for all of the above. I think it's a much better schedule. I think it helps both the teams, the drivers and the fans um, and for us pundits uh, talking about it, too. So I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Well, I was just talking about if we have if we have let's say they stick with qualifying at, at roughly the same time. Let's say in the United States, it's like here in central time there. It's very common for them to be eight or nine a.m. in the morning. And that means your sprint race is going to be what at least a couple hours before that, so maybe maybe even three hours before that, so five a.m., maybe four a.m. Even it just depends. So that that would you know that seems to be defeating the purpose a little bit, but um, but I know it's not you know it's not all the races anyway. So we've got Shanghai, Miami, Austria, Austin. And and two more, which are Sao Paulo and Qatar. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about the times of all these. Yeah, who knows? But anyway, you say you like it overall, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it needed improving. Um, I, I'm not a big sprint fan, a spit race fan, to be honest. But, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, I just find it a little bit, as we say in the business, Mickey Mouse, in terms of it's just not, not – it's not a serious race. It's not the distance. It's not the right number of points because therefore the gravitas goes down. You've got everybody rushing around. If you have damage, you know, you're on the back foot. Um, we saw how many engines were blown and how many people were having to take dispensations and grid penalties. You know, I, I just I just find adding a race uh, in the format that we've got and the money that it's spent, it, it, is, it, is it really creating more of a show? I don't know. Yep. All right, Jonathan. The best part of Formula One is is qualifying. Uh, yeah, that's uh, an argument that a lot of people will make. So let's talk about the Toyota Series, the Formula Regional Oceana Championship, as they call it. 
And um, you got my interviews. I've got some interviews for you. They're ready to go, baby. You just uh, pick them out. You got your, you got the Texan, and you got some uh, some other folks too, right? Yeah. Well, let let me set it up. So this season so far has been about two men: um, Roman Belinsky of Poland and Liam Skeets of New Zealand. They've gone head to head. They're teammates. Uh, Belinsky's won pretty much everything. He's won six races out of twelve, and um, Liam Skeets has won nothing, um, but has basically been consistent, been second, been third, been second, and has kept the gap to just over 50 points. Uh, and when you think it's 35 points for a win and 90 for the entire weekend, each and every weekend, he's still in touching distance of the overall championship. But this weekend, he cracked it. He finally won and beat Belinsky in his own backyard at uh, Christchurch. And um, I spoke to Liam uh, Skeets afterwards about what was his first ever win in the series. Liam, you did it! Yeah. Boy, I was like, I was nervous for you in commentary because you were under so much pressure. Um, was there a moment at all where you didn't feel that you were going to get there and that was something going to go wrong? You got to have that mental thing going on in your head, but you look so calm out there. No, I, um, I felt confident, calm. Um, yeah, it didn't really get to me. I, I knew we had the pace. I was confident in the car um, that into competition gave me. Um, yeah, no, no real doubt crossed my mind the entire race, and I think that's that's why we're here. In every interview, the names on this car you have mentioned, from Jayco to Omega, uh, James Kirkpatrick, Tony Quinn Foundation, they put their faith in you, and now, finally, you've got a chance to thank them. Yeah, it's, it feels good to be able to thank them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be here without all my, all my sponsors, all my partners, so, um, yeah, to reward them like this today is um, such a great feeling. It's the Lady Wigram Trophy. It means so much for New Zealanders as well. I said it was probably the, the, the race of your career so far. Would you agree? I would agree, yes. What about next week? You're still in it. Yeah, I've, of course. I mean, focus is now on to next week. Um, all on that Grand Prix and also the championship. Um, yeah, we made ground today uh, in that race three. So, yeah, ho hopefully we make more ground. Well done. You've made New Zealand proud. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, good stuff. Now, good kid. Uh, real quick, I want to get Roman in because the man leading the chat championship was Roman Belinsky. He came second in that race. And of course, I spoke to him about the fact that finally he's been beaten, but also he's still in the lead seat for the championship. Roman, congratulations. You put on a heck of a show with your teammate there. It wasn't to be, but boy, did you uh, push hard. No, I gave it everything. I was pushing from lap one all the way to lap 24 to the end. But no, Liam did a great job. So uh, he really deserves it. He worked hard. So no, it's good for him. And you proved that with the first to congratulate him after that. You guys are good friends off track, yeah? Yeah, really good friends. And um, no, I've seen how much work he's put into it. So uh I'm sure he'll be very happy and uh, he's done a very good job. You're almost there, but you've got to keep going. Three more races. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why I need to look at more of a championship rather than winning just uh, races. I need to think about the points and banking the points, but uh, no, hopefully uh, next week will be a good week. Well done again. Thank you. Thanks, man. You heard him here first. The future stars of open wheel racing right here. Yeah. All and right, by everybody. The way, that leaves, you may well be racing in America next year. Yep. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, go enjoy your snacks and your funs, your fun and your family, and have a good Super Bowl. Talk to you all next Sunday night. Happy trails.